So picking up from where we left off last week on we need to pray, let's just jump right back in there and use our, our scripture, launching pad scripture from uh, Matthew chapter 6. And before we go anywhere, let's just pray again. How about that? Father God, in the name of Jesus, we call upon you today so that you would look upon us with grace and mercy and favor. Favor us, Lord, with your richest blessing today, Lord. Open up our hearts and our minds to hear the word of God and to receive that seed of the word, that incorruptible seed of the word of God that would germinate within us and that would produce a harvest, Lord, of knowledge and wisdom and truth for God. There is no harvest without a seed. So today we plant the seed of the word deep into the hearts of your people that it might spring forth in due season that they might reap, O oh God, a crop of your word in their hour of need when the enemy challenges the most when difficulties come when hard and trying times confront them lord this word will rise up within them lord and a word might spring forth from in them that says oh i am with you always even unto the end even in this moment lord god for many who are here today might be facing challenges of their own lord of all sorts and all makings there are those who are challenged with health issues and and mind issues and relationship issues and financial issues oh god and familial issues lord and the restoration of their family and their children and kids who have gone astray and relationships that's been broken lord may your word be that seed today that promotes lord and produce oh god a bountiful harvest and a crop it's in jesus name that i pray oh god and somebody say i miss this hallelujah thank you lord jesus thank you lord jesus all righty so here we go i'm gonna put it in reverse just a little bit and back up to catch you up and then go forward all right so this series is entitled we need to pray and 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 let me just aside for a second if we ever needed to pray it is today six or seven weeks ago i had a vision that i shared with you all remember that those of you were here and i told you a storm was coming and i told you how ferocious that storm would be and then i interpreted the visions with respect to the, the stingness that got us all over our body and the lord said that was words words of fierceness and anger and violence and that 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 egregiousness against us against our person well you know, last night I had another revisit. And I serve you warning and caution. We are on the verge of a racial war in this country. I'm not preaching politics. I'm preaching truth. You need to pray. Sentiments are at their highest. Tensions are boiling over. People are looking for a reason to escalate this into something else. And we need to pray. 
Many people are afraid to go to the store, the grocery, to some entertainment place, to the movie. We, we're living in this sphere of fear. As a person who understands uh, doctrines and dogmas and policies and politics, I could take the time to explain to you democracy and socialism and capitalism and communism and all these kinds of stuff. But there's another doctrine out there called terrorism. And the doctrine of terrorism is to achieve its goal through fear. Afflict the innocent so that the righteous may become enraged. That is the doctrine of terrorism. It is a method of fear to get what you want. If you, if you put such a fear on people, they will almost give in for peace's sake. We need to pray. We need to pray for our land. We need to pray for our country. We need to pray for our leaders. We need to pray for this nation. We need to pray for our neighborhoods, our communities. We need to pray for each other that there may be harmonious fellowship amongst people, goodwill towards men. We need to pray. So having said that, let me launch into my scripture. Matthew chapter six, verses nine through 13 says, after this manner, that's where we started off last week. After this manner, therefore pray ye. What Jesus is saying is, here is a template. These are some guidelines. This is the format I want you to use. It was not necessarily saying you use these words and it becomes a kind of a magical chant for a prayer. He says, no, this is the format by which I want you to pray. These are the things that must be included in a prayer that touches my heart and reaches my air. Our Father, which art in heaven, holy is your name. That's a format. When you come before God, you respect and you honor the holiness of who he is and reverence his name. He's not your dude. He's not big man, what's up? He's none of those things. He is your father. Sometimes affectionately known as Abba, interpreted daddy. When it becomes personal, you know, when you crawl up in your daddy's arms and tears are running down your eyes and somebody broke your heart, you know, a young girl goes to school and boyfriend breaks her heart and she comes with the daddy, 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 he broke my heart. It's that affection that he's talking about. Our Father, which art in heaven, holy is thy name. Your kingdom come. It's just a template. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So everything that's happening in heaven amongst the 
triune Godhead of God must be replicated in the earth realm and it can only be done through the invocation of thy kingdom come which essentially is bring your Holy Spirit into my life. Last week we developed that. I don't want to go over it all over again and show you from the scripture but maybe I'll touch on it here and then. Thy kingdom come. Lord let your Holy Spirit come. Let your Holy Spirit come. It is the only way that I can effectuate heaven on the earth. It's the only way I can effectuate heaven in the earthen vessel, in this earthen vessel, through the Holy Spirit, through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. I can bring heaven into earth. Thy will be done. Demonstrate, Lord, what is your heart and your desire in my life as it is in heaven. Then he goes on to say, give us this day our daily bread. We'll talk about that in a minute. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom. For yours is the kingdom. For yours is the kingdom. The power and the glory forever. An everlasting concept. A word that has no time associated with it. Forever. There is no end. There is a continuous presence until we see Jesus. As we know time. Forever. Forever. So we finished last week at Thy Kingdom Come. And so we're moving on. So let me see where I'm going to pick up from where I stopped off last week. So let's go to Luke 17, 20 through 21 and, and start up from there. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. They were looking for some kind of specific sign, some kind of restoration of government, some kind of political overthrow, everything but what he was talking about. He says, this kingdom don't come with this kind of observation. Right? Neither shall anyone say to you, lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Remember that concept of the Holy Spirit? And the kingdom of God, the kingdom is within you. The Holy Spirit, the active agent of reproducing the kingdom of God is in you. When the Holy Spirit is in you, you have the kingdom and all its properties in you. Might I say that again? <laughs> when the Holy Spirit is in you, you have access to and you activate and you make real all of God's potential in you the kingdom is in here the kingdom of god is the power of his spirit in you you access all of heaven through the kingdom through the resident power of the holy spirit in you so we should seek the holy spirit as a priority so the holy ghost the holy spirit dwells in you it becomes a kingdom and you can find that in john chapter 16 verse 7 if anybody wants to go there just look at it swiftly actually let's just look at it well swiftly somebody find it for me save me from turning on my phone 
John chapter 16, verse 7. John chapter 16, verse 7. Got it? Thank you. 16 and 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage, it is to your benefit, it is to your gain that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So what are you saying? How are you going to get the kingdom? I got to go. Because when I go, I will send the spirit. And when the spirit come, he manifests the kingdom of God in you. It is to your benefit that I go. Because until I go, he can't come. See, they were limited by the geographics of the very presence of God, or wherever he went. But now he's activating heaven in them through the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me this morning? He's activating heaven in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he said to his disciples, I gotta go. You need this. You can't be with me forever here and then, Galilee and Samaria and Jerusalem and today. You can't. But you can have God's kingdom in you. If I leave and I go back, I will send him. And when he comes, you will carry the kingdom in you wherever you go. Can I get a witness? Wherever you go, you can carry the kingdom with you through the power of the Holy Spirit. So when you pray, the very first thing that you should ask for is the Holy Ghost. This is the template. This is the template. It says, after this manner, pray you. What is the first thing he says? The kingdom come. God, as I enter into your presence, the first thing I need to do is say, God, send your spirit. Revive your spirit. Lord, stir up your spirit in me. Awaken me with your power and your presence, Lord God. Kingdom of God, come. Kingdom of God, come. For a long time, I always said that when I walked into the room, walked into church, I always would kind of almost like a, a ritual chant, Kingdom of God, come. People thought maybe it was just some fancy statement that I latched on to. No, I'm following after the manner which he says, After this manner, pray ye. Kingdom, come. So as I get into the presence of God, before I say, my knee hurt, my head hurt, my eye hurt, my pocketbook's empty, the first thing I say is, God, kingdom of God, come. Do you hear me this morning? Kingdom of God, come. I want your kingdom, not my kingdom. It is so, so easy for me to always want my kingdom, my will, my needs, my this, my that. And he says, that's not how I want you to pray. First, I want you to say, kingdom of God, come. Anybody? Any takers this morning? Kingdom of God, come. Learn that. It would, it would grease the pad for all of your prayer that you first say, God, recreate heaven in me right now. This is your will. As it, it, this what he said? As it is in heaven, so shall it be in this earthen vessel. What, what should be? Kingdom of God, 
come. I begin my day. I begin my prayer. Kingdom of God, come. Come, Lord. So it is something that you should seek, something that you should desire. Look, if you already have it, ask God to renew it. Refresh. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Kingdom of God, come. Come in me. Come in me, Lord God. Because if the kingdom of God precedes everything in my life, I guarantee you a whole lot of my behaviors will change just this quick. Because there will be no tolerating of the evil or the sin or, or, or the negativity if the spirit is in me. <laughs> we talked about this a little bit last week. We have to literally dismiss the Holy Spirit because of our own stubbornness. Because we just want to have our own way. And as a result of wanting to have our own way and, and that duality where the spirit will not reside in a vessel that is sinful, spirit got to go. Did you say... Get lost, Holy Spirit? No. You just kind of negotiated your way completely out of his presence. <laughs> I think I need to say that again. <laughs> you negotiated your way out of the presence of God by entertaining certain things and looking upon it intently. What, what, what did the Bible say? How does a man sin? When he's drawn away by his own lust. <laughs> we'll talk about that later on when it's talked about lead us not into temptation maybe i'll get chances to revisit it but when we look on something when we desire to the point of a delusion a deluding and an intoxication we negotiate ourselves completely out of the presence of god you know it's like you know at first you look at something and you know i know it's i i know it, it, I, I shouldn't oh boy i know i shouldn't <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I know I shouldn't. It probably raised my blood sugar. But God, it looks so good. I tell you what, Lord. I'm going to take a little piece just to see if I can handle it. Just, 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 let me just, let me just break off a little edge here. Let me just break a little something, something off. Let me just take a little piece off. And, and I put that in, in my, I tell, and my heart was sincere. I'm negotiating my way out of the presence of the Holy Spirit. I'm just using the do, do, donut as, a, as an example, right? So, 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 so there's a lot going on that you're not aware. For example, my tongue secretes a particular enzyme that creates taste and desire. It's just like how anybody else smoke or drink. There's an enzyme that is created at the base of your tongue that craves a nicotine or craves some alcohol or craves something else. And once it begins to secrete it, you begin to externalize where the source might be and you go after it. So all that's going on while you're negotiating. I just want a little piece. This is being prepared for a little piece. And it will not be satisfied with a little peace. 
because when that thing hit my tongue and those enzymes collide with that external taste, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh God, I gotta have more. I gotta have more. I gotta have a bigger piece. I, got, I, got, I just need more. I just, oh, oh my God, well, 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 one more piece, just one more piece. Not the whole thing, just one more piece. And, and before you know it, within the next 10 minutes, I have negotiated myself completely out of the presence of God and I ate a whole donut. And now I live with the consequences of my blood sugar is risen, my eyes get cloudy, I'm feeling sluggish, all kinds of I'm in a weakened state. Do you understand what I'm saying? We negotiate ourselves out of the presence of the Holy Spirit because we're drawn away by our own lust and enticed. What the Bible says? And when lust is fully born and fully consumed, it gives rise to sin and sin gives rise to death. What a progressive little story. All from one donut. Huh? Off on one little donut. Kingdom of God, come. When you pray, pray after this manner. Kingdom of God, come. I want first and foremost, as I come before my father, to ask for the very thing that he has left, which he said, if I don't go, I can't send this stuff and this stuff is supposed to bring heaven into this earthen vessel you want heaven on earth crave the holy spirit crave the holy spirit and jesus said everything else will take care of itself Okay, so we, 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 we anatomizing the prayer and the pattern that he gives us. He says, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Will means one's determination and desire. We need to understand that God desires certain things. God desires certain things. It is a very important part of our prayer. When we pray, we ought to pray for the Lord's will to be accomplished. Not my will. I want his will. It is not for you to pray for your will. It is so easy to pray for your own will. We are people like that. We have been cultured by a Western civilization that tells us me first. Me, 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 Treaty Bird. Me first. An entitlement of sorts that says it's all about me and my desire and what I get in order for this world to be a good place make me happy. When you make me happy, this is going to be a better place. But remember, I've always told you, happiness in the etymological construct of the word, happiness is a word derived from the, from, 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 from the word happenings. And so your happiness is based on things happening and <laughs> good things. So what happens when good things don't happen? If your happiness is contingent upon things happening, what happens when good things don't happen? So you can see how we could become selfish, right? Make me happy, make me happy. Cause good things to happen, cause good things to happen, cause good things to happen in my life, in my life. And he says, that's not how I want you to pray. I want you to pray, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> that's how I want you to pray. It's not about you. 
You want a scripture to back that up? Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. Seek the Lord. And all these things shall, shall, shall be added unto thee. What, how, does that, how does that begin? It begins by saying this. Seek ye first. Seek ye first what? No, I can't hear you. You're awfully quiet in here. Seek ye first what? The kingdom of God. After this man I pray what? Thy kingdom come. <laughs> seek ye first the kingdom. He says, if you seek my kingdom first. How does that verse end up? All these things shall be added. So stop worrying about what you want, what you want, what you want, what you want. And start worrying about my kingdom, bring my kingdom, bring my kingdom. He says, when you do that, trust me, I know what you need. And you're going to get what you need. But if you put things in the right order, if you seek my kingdom first, I will add all these things. Hey, hey let, me, let, me, let me run a simple test on you. This is a test you cannot fail. What are all these things? I'm glad you, you asked me to, to help you with that. I'm glad you asked me to help you with that. I will help you. Let me tell you what are all these things. Ready? All these things. See how simple that was? Some of you are still going, what is he talking about? All these things are all these things. I don't care. What is it to you? What are all these things to you? Money, health, position, family, house, home, car, payment, insurance. That's all these things. <laughs> all these things are all these things. And he says, when you seek my kingdom first, oh, what are all, what are all, you, all these things? What, what are your these things? I don't know what your these things are. But I do know that if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, there was a qualification there that we miss. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what did I tell you his righteousness was? What does it mean in the word righteousness? Right standing. Seek the kingdom and be in right standing. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness seek his right standing in you and then he says your all these things will be taken care of whatever your all these things are i know it yeah <laughs> stop worrying about tomorrow oh i'm getting ahead of myself okay so that will be done we must also understand that God's will is in direct competition with the other wills in this world. For example, our own will and desire. God's will is in complete contradiction to what our will and desires are. Because what you want sometimes ain't got nothing to do with God. Hmm? Ain't got nothing to do with God. It's just something you want. Go back to my donut story. Man, I have the most discipline in the whole world. I could stand in front of a box of donuts and not touch it. Pastor, how do you do that? Well, after many years of 
loading my body with sugar. Then all kinds of stuff start going bad in my body. I'm kind of learning, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. You know, real simple. Remember? <laughs> you know the old, old stupid joke about the guy who went to the doctor and said, Doctor, every time I, I raise my hand like that, it really, really hurts. And you know what the doctor said him? Don't do that. <laughs> just don't do that. If, if every time you do that, it hurts, just don't do that. <laughs> right? If it's going to hurt you, don't do it. All right, so we're moving along. We're moving along. Thy will be done ties in with the previous statement in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come. If we are committed to the kingdom of God on this earth, then we must also be committed to the will of God in this earth. His will comes before our will. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Just got through explaining. Seek ye first. First. First I seek the kingdom of God. We need to pray. But as we go to prayer, the first thing I must do is seek the kingdom of God of God. Can you really get that into your spirit? Really, it will change your life. If you learn every day to humble yourself God, what would you have me today? What do you want me to do today? What do you want me to say today, Lord? What do you want to work out in me today? First, I need your kingdom. I need your kingdom. It's, it's, it's like I can't get access to your throne room without the secret code and the secret code is seek the kingdom i can't interpret the data in heaven unless i have the holy spirit in me to help me interpret the data in heaven i can't understand the wisdom the visions the things that god is speaking to me i can't interpret that without the holy spirit god speaks to me all the time in the night season give me messages visions dreams i can't interpret them without the code breaker the spirit of the living god inside of me because it will be just another dream it'll be just another something you saw or think you saw but have no idea what it means until the spirit comes so we seek his will first we seek his plan above our plan we seek his ways above our ways. Does that make sense to anybody today? Does that make sense to you? We all understand. I, I, I have to assume and take for granted, and I believe I'm correct, that, that um, it's got a bigger spread here. <laughs> Don't worry, God is going to bless us, and we're going to have a big building with good working air conditioning yeah, units, yeah. and we'll all be saying, Pasta, turn it up. It's cold in here. <laughs> we go from one extreme to the next. Pasta, it's cold in here. Can you turn the heat up? Thank you, Randy. That's good right there. Oh, I can feel that now on this side of my body. Okay. All right, that's good. So we all understand that God comes first. But we also struggle with putting God first. Who in here don't understand that God comes first? There's not a person in this room who does not understand that God comes first. Here's where you're having a problem. Putting God first. We understand it. We get it. We know. Our problem is with putting him first. Not that we don't want God's will, 
but we find it hard to let go of our own will. You know what I'm saying? We spend a lot of time asking God to bless our plans rather than seeking his plan for my life. We think we have it all figured out and we think we know better than God what is good for us. No, we don't. If only we could trust God in his will, things would be so much easier. God does have a plan for you today. Let me say it again. God does have a plan for you today. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you. Oh, come on. How, how could... How, oh, come on now. How could you refute or even question or challenge that God, God somehow absent or he's an absentee parent or he's super concerned with somebody else? He says, I have a plan for you. And the plan includes... <laughs> Stuff that's good for you. Stuff that will cause you to prosper. Stuff that will cause you to have a, a good end, a great future. I have a plan for you. Every last one of us, God custom made a plan. As seen in Psalm 139. He says, I formed you from the bowels of the earth. I saw your un." Frame being even before you were in your mother's womb. Yes. I authorized and commissioned who you are today. I released you in eternity to be here in 2019, long before you knew what time was. I approved you. Can you get with this? I approved you before you were even in your mother's womb. I said, let there be life to him or to her. And I approved and authorized and released it to you and released you into this time. I got a plan for you. I got a plan for you. Huh? It's a perfect plan. It's a flawless plan. But sometimes we mess up that plan. Can I get a witness? <laughs> yes. Somebody say, yeah. We mess up that plan. Have you ever messed up that plan? But God never changed his mind about the plan. We messed up the plan. God says, I give you my word and my word is my word. Somehow I have to guide you back into that perfect place that I call you to be. But for a moment, you've messed it up. We've messed it up. I know I certainly have. Lord have mercy. I've had my fair share of industrial strength stupidity where I messed up God's plan. <coughs> Commercial great stupidity. It's really, really strong kind. We messed it up. But he didn't change his plan because his ultimate plan is your salvation. Hey, no matter what happens, the ultimate plan of God is your salvation. And he does not change that. You may get off course, but you can still get back on course. Because the ultimate plan of God is to save your soul. Brethren, my heart's desire 
is that you prosper as your soul prospered and be in good health. I have not changed that plan, God says. You have stepped out of that plan. Life choices have made you go off course, but my plan is still as steady as the train track. Whenever you're ready to step back in, whenever you allow thy kingdom come, Remember what we just read? He will convict you of sin and unrighteousness. And when thy kingdom come and the conviction of the Holy Spirit sets in in your heart and speaks to you about the error of your way, you know what? You can step back into that plan. That plan didn't change. It didn't stop. You are redeemable. There's redemption for all of us. No one of us is so far gone that God can't reach us. We're not. I don't care what you've done. Mm. Or you might be sitting on there musing with yourself or in your lonely place going, but you don't know what I did. And you don't know what David did. Murderer, adulterer. That's the guy that God says he's the apple of my eye, right? So what did you do again? Moses? Hmm. The deliverer of Israel? Murderer! Kill people. Rise up with racial prejudice and kill another guy for messing with one of his own. <laughs> kind of like, what's going on now? <laughs> his heart was to protect his own. And he saw a Hebrew being oppressed by an Egyptian and he lost it. How dare you? And he killed him and buried him in his hand. Too bad his own guy squealed on him, but well, so that's how that goes. Abraham, man accounted to faith and righteousness. He found himself in a situation and he told the king, hey, that's my sister. <laughs> Liar! Yep. Jacob, yep. need I go on? And on and on and on? <laughs> they all messed up. But they ended right back in God's place where he ordained for them. Sometimes our choices cause us to go off track. But the plan of God is never deviating. He's called us to salvation. So let me, let me discuss three. Thank you. Let me discuss three little things here real quickly as we move on. So sometimes we mess up. There are three aspects of God's will. There's the corporate will, which is what I just told you. I'm just giving it a fancy title now. The corporate will of God. This is God's will for mankind that he had since creation. The corporate will of God. So if you're taking notes, what I just explained to you is called the corporate will of God, right? The corporate will of God is that God is going to have a church without spot, or blemish and his church will have certain victory that's his corporate will the church will have victory and the gates of hell will not prevail against it in spite of me <laughs> in spite of you in spite of our government in spite of our leaders the church will have certain victory that's God's will that's his corporate will that we have victory. All right? Then there is his perfect will. 
Corporate will? Church be victorious? Perfect will. God has a perfect plan for you from the very day that you were born. Told you about it in Jeremiah 29, 11, Psalm 139. And that plan begins with salvation. Right? That's his perfect will. We know his corporate will. All the church, all of mankind will receive and come to know Jesus Christ. His perfect will, right? Is that you and you and you and you and you and you and every one of you by name, many, even your name. He's called your name from before time was. He's called your name even in eternity. And he says, Manny, I have released and made available to you everything that you need to sustain this life. Amen. It's involved and wrapped up in my plan called salvation. Amen. That's my perfect will for you. Will you mess up? Probably. Will I mess up? Probably. More than likely? Yes. Because that's who we are. We forget sometimes his will and we substitute our will and that's when we mess up. So then there's this third aspect. So we have the corporate will, the perfect will, and then we have the permissive will. I don't want you to ever interpret this as plan B. Like God says, well, you know, uh, let me hedge my bets here and let me create a plan B. No, 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 no. no. Plan A. Salvation. Kingdom of God, come. Salvation, come. Plan A. We fall into a different place sometimes simply because of God having to say, okay. Could you see God slapping himself in the forehead? Like, oh God, Randy, again, really? Seriously, dude? Are we going to have this talk again? This is a will of God that most of us end up in sometimes because of our choices. Corporate, perfect, permissive. A lot of us end up in permissive because of our choices. God has given us this one thing called freedom. I wish he didn't do that. But that's a trusting, loving father who says, yeah. Go ahead. I want you to come to this place of knowing me. Maybe through your trial and errors. Maybe through your stupid choices or whatever. You're going to come to that place. That perfect place. Maybe you might have to beat your head a few times more than you need to. But you're going to come to that place, right? And so we end up in that permissive will because of our choices. Because God has given us freedom of choice. And because we are humans, nine out of ten times, we do not choose the perfect will of God. We do not. We end up doing something else. Because this desire to satisfy this flesh, this longing, this craving... This, whatever it is inside us that says, well, just, just a little piece. Just a little piece. What you're not aware of and need to be made more aware of, 
just like I have these enzymical responses in my body that produce this enzyme in my tongue that craves whatever it is I want to crave, how come some of you all just go like, boy, I feel like pickles today? <laughs> you think that dropped out of nowhere? No, that was the secretion of an enzyme because there are changes, especially pregnant women. Pregnant women just want pickles. Some of them want chocolate. Oh, I can't handle that stuff. And then again, I don't get pregnant. But anyhow, there's this, there's this desire that is promoted with something on the inside. And, and that's a natural response. Well, whatever is in the natural is also evident in the spiritual. So let me tell you the flip side of that in the spiritual. You might want a piece of the donut. And it's not good for you. It's not good for you. But there's an enzyme called the devil. <laughs> there's an enzyme, well, it's not really an enzyme, I'm trying to make the story come alive for you. There's an enzyme called the devil. And he, <laughs> unbeknownst to you, he is bringing about a kind of reason. You can handle half of that. I promise you, you can handle half of that. Just try, start with half. And just sit around for a while and see what happens. And, and, and <laughs> by bite number two, everything on the inside, more like on the outside now, the devil is going like, you can't stop there. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> there used to be a commercial on TV many years ago. I think it was a Pringles or Doritos, and it simply said, you're just lazy. You just can't have one. I would look at that and I'm going like, you devil! <laughs> that is exactly, exactly how the devil works. He puts that thing in that Pringle that secretes everything on, in the inside of you. Your tongue just starts squirting out all the stuff that says, more, more, more. How do you like it? How do you like it? More, more, more. And so it begins to go, and that devil is saying, but you gotta have more. You, you gotta have more. One? Seriously? Just one? You almost have to clean up that taste in your mouth with another one. So. Are you with me this morning? This is how we fall into sin and fall into temptation that desire for more. Our choices have caused us to land in God's permissive will. It's not God's will for us to fall in sin. It is not God's will for us to fall in sin. It is not his will. Let me tell you what else is not his will. It is not God's will for you to backslide. It is not his will. Let's bring it home a little bit. It is not his will for you to hold grudges. <laughs> but you just can't have one. <laughs> just can't have one, right? It is not his will for you to ignore his word. Oh, I got a story to tell you. Because friends, let me tell you something this morning. Whatever you ignore, you empower. If you ignore the word of God, 
you empower a deficit of the word of God in your life. Let me say that again. Whatever you ignore, you empower. If you ignore the word of God, you empower a deficit of the word of God in your life. Yeah, it's like that. Yet these are the things that happen in our lives all the time. But even though we mess up, God's grace still makes room for us to stay in his will or be connected or come back to it. That hasn't changed. That has not changed. His desire for your salvation has not changed even though your choices did. Even though you choose to willfully mess up. Even though you choose to negotiate with the devil on some particular thing. And move yourself outside of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, this is so good. <laughs> this is so good. I'm telling you. Uh, But you can always come back. This morning, if yes, absolutely. If you can't answer the question, I asked the question last week. I'm gonna ask it again this week, just for the sake of emphasis. If you come before the Holy Spirit now, remember, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Huh? If you come before if you, <laughs> If you come before the Holy Spirit right this minute <laughs> and you say, Holy Spirit, am I in right standing? And you can't get a yes right like this? Mm. You need to start forging your way back to God. Because the Bible said, as we read earlier on in John 16, 7, he will convict you of sin and unrighteousness so when i go to him for a health check and i say holy spirit am i in right standing if i'm in right standing you will hear that voice in whatever voice you hear is mean you say yes my child Amen. yes my child if somehow you're like what you're not gonna answer something is wrong <laughs> something is wrong does that mean you are heathen, outcast for hell, forever damaged? No, no, no. Because his perfect will is that you can always, always come back. Come home. Come home. Come home. Come home to the Holy Spirit. Come home to the Holy Spirit. Oh God, if there's something that we need to preach more and more and more and beyond and above all the other stuff that we preach and talk about, it is kingdom of God come. Holy Spirit, come in my life. Make manifest in my life, oh God, so that I might be spared and saved from the wrath to come, Lord. I will make good choices. I will make good decisions. I will walk in wisdom if I walk with the Holy Spirit in me because he will guide me. And like the scripture says, there will be a voice in the air and it will say to you, this is the way. Walk ye in it and you shall find rest for your souls. Come on, that is the Holy Spirit spirit this is the way walk ye in it and you shall find rest for your soul 
Friends, that is the Holy Ghost. That is the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. It is like we get lost for a while, but then we get back on track. Just understand that sometimes, because of choices, we are in the permissive will of God. Not his perfect will, his permissive will. But it's not plan B from his standpoint. It's plan B because that's what you ended up with because we made bad choices. We negotiated our way outside of the presence of the Holy Ghost. We looked at it long, we looked at it hard, we looked at it intently, and we were drawn away by our own consuming lust. And we step out and we literally, without saying it, but we acted out, we pretty much says, Spirit, chill. You're messing my game up. You're messing up my game. Chill. That's what we do. All right. It is 11.20. And I definitely ain't going to get done with this series today. So <laughs> let me find a point to close off on. And close off because I still have to hear Iris sing. God's perfect will. It's not God's fault that we end up where we are. It's our own fault that we end up where we are. God's perfect will only takes place in our lives if we seek it and desire it above all else. God will never force his perfect will on anybody. The fact that Jesus had to look, look at this presupposition here. The fact that Jesus had to instruct his disciples to pray for God's will demonstrated to us even that they struggled with staying in his will. Because they came to him and they say, these guys did this and these guys did this and, and we couldn't do it. And they said to him, teach us how to pray because we watch you. And when you pray, whatever you say happens. God, I want that. Can you imagine the disciples watching Jesus and he's doing all these fantastic things and they're looking on the inside and they're going like, I can't do that. How come you do that? I can't do that. There's a deficit in me. I can't do that. And so they went to him. This was a result of a question. He said, teach us how to do what you do. There's a presupposition that he had to lay down a template for them because they were struggling with the whole concept of staying within the will of God. For crying out loud, he says, can you pray with me for a few hours? What happened? Anybody remember that story? Yeah. They fell asleep. They fell asleep. So obviously they struggled with following and keeping his will. Think of Peter. He, died, he denied the Lord three times. Peter denied the Lord three times. He basically backslid and went to his old life. Jesus even called him Satan. No, wait, 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 wait. Don't sell Peter short. That's the guy that brought about the new, the new revolution within the Christian church. This, this is a guy who is ascribed as the the father of the, the faith church, the, the modern church and all. This is Peter. And Peter! Peter! And one day Jesus looked at him and said, Satan, get behind me. <laughs> Satan? Peter? 
Yeah, because he struggled with his own will as opposed to the will of God. And the Son of God himself had to call him Satan. But guess what? Guess what? The Lord forgave Peter. And Peter went on to do great things for Christ. Peter was in the permissive will of God. Oh boy, this is coming home now. <laughs> Peter was in the permissive will of God. Huh? He was. He ended up leading the church. He ended up doing great exploits. But just remember, one time, one day, God had to call him Satan. I hope you, you let that soak him. God called him Satan. It wasn't God's perfect will for Peter to turn his back on the Lord. It wasn't God's perfect will for Peter to deny the Lord three times. That was what Peter chose to do. The good news is that Jesus forgave him and still used him to preach the first message at Pentecost. The day when the church got its birth and the release of the Holy Spirit. That was Pentecost when he said, go and tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And you be filled and changed and the kingdom of God will come and manifest in you. Remember who preached that message? I, I can hear you. Who preached that message? Peter. Peter. Satan? Peter. He ended up in a permissive place. Right? I know I need to stop. But this is so good. <laughs> but I want you to come back so I don't have to stop. Huh? He still used Peter as one of the founding fathers of the church. Once Peter started seeking God's will over his own will, things began to turn around in his life. When we pray for his will above our will, God is going to answer our prayers. Let me just read this scripture and be done with it for today. For today, let me read a couple of scriptures and be done with it. 1 John chapter 5, right? 1 John chapter 5. Randy, thank you for that fine. That was a godsend hitting me on this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Can I get a witness this morning? Yeah. Are you getting something from this? Yeah. Are you learning? There are some basic constructs that we need to pray. And we need to put it in its order. Kingdom of God, come. come. Thy will be done yes. as it is in heaven. Let it be done that way in my life. Yes. We ain't touched yet. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Maybe next week we'll get there. <laughs> but this is the pattern for prayer, right? So, 1 John chapter 5 verse 14 and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will say that again according to his will what was the pattern for prayer thy kingdom come thy will be done if we ask anything according to his will, it says, he heareth us. Verse 15, and if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> I'm asking according to his will. 
whatever you pray for is hinge on us accomplishing his will. All of our prayers are conditioned upon his will. Don't ask outside of his will. Our answers are conditioned upon his will. So ask according to his will. His will. That makes it so very important to understand the will of God. If you are wondering what the will of God is, it is made perfectly clear in his word. Two scriptures at this time, I'm really done. One of them preachers, I'm winding up. <laughs> I'm landing this plane, but I go around for another <laughs> Go around for another. No, this time I'm going to land. John chapter 6, verse 40. And, you got it? John chapter 6, verse 40. And this is the will of him that sent me. And this is the what? The will of him that sent me that everyone which seeth the son and believeth on him may have everlasting life and i will raise him up in the last day that's his will his will still is salvation his will still is everlasting life regardless of his permissive will where you find yourself his will remain consistent that you have everlasting life. Second Peter 3 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering. Long into the areas of your mistakes. <laughs> Long into the areas of you making your own choices. <laughs> Long into you finding your permissive will because you negotiated your way outside of the presence of God. It says he is not slack concerning his promises. His promise still remains his promise. It is steadfast. It is sure. And he added an ingredient to it. I'm long suffering. I'm going to wait for you to come back. I'm going to wait for you to come back. But, but pastor, I've been praying for my son. It's been four years now. He is long-suffering. He is long-suffering to us, what? How did that verse end up? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It has not changed. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Just like that, I'm done. That all, folks. <laughs> I'm done. For now, I will pick up from there next week. Next week. Did you get something from this word that you can go home and run with? His corporate will, his perfect will, his permissive will. And I ought to pray according to the pattern. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life, oh God. If I ask according to your will, you're going to answer me. Sometime an unanswered prayer might just be as simple as you're not asking in God's will. <laughs> Think about that. Chew on that for a while. <laughs>